Okay, Jim, you ready? <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, I was going to say, brace yourselves. <laughs> oh. Again, it's a, uh, a privilege to have met Jim. It's only been about a year or something, hasn't it? Like yeah, a little bit less than that. Yeah. A little bit less than that. I remember when I first met Jim, uh, my wife had, had just been in with our, our little one and she'd just done a particularly uh, horrific nappy. Um, and I changed, I changed the nappy and um, I, I was just taking the nappy out to the outside bin because I thought that one's never going to stay in the building. Um, I, was, I, I did everyone a favour, I was taking it to the outside bin and as I was coming outside with the nappy I met you. And so, so the Lord worked in mysterious ways. It's amazing. Jim. Tell us your stories. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a contrast to uh, Sam's story. Yep. Um, so I've made a few notes, and I know we have sort of four areas that you wanted to cover, so I've ignored that. And, I, and I'm just, I'm just going to tell you um, my story. And, and, and firstly, I just want to say thank you for all my lovely friends who have come along to, to hear me speak. And, um, and I can appreciate for a lot of you it's all going to seem a bit weird and, and, uh, and this, this strange boat that Jim is becoming or, or these weird things that he's doing and he's going to church. And, um, so um, I think I owe it to you to explain to you why I'm here and why I'm getting baptised today. So I'm going to tell you my story. It's a true story. Uh, um, uh, and I got to, uh, I think, 32 bullet points, so um, I'll, I'll, I'll try and keep it brief. I'll try and keep it brief, but I've, I've, got, to, I've got to tell you what happened. Um, so, um, my mum's a Christian, uh, and so as long as I've known, uh, she's always been a Christian, always been praying for us and our, our family, and my sister's here today, and my, and my auntie Vera, and uh, boyfriend Jeremy. Um, She's always prayed for us, uh, and I became a Christian at the age of 11 or 12, um, and church was really boring, and the, and the hymns were rubbish. We didn't have a band like this. Um, it was a badly played organ, and, uh, and, uh, and I couldn't wait to get out and go play football with my mates, or, or rugby, or whatever. Um, so, um, yes, I did know what I was doing, and I gave my heart uh, to God then, because I, I kind of believe, well... Um, there's, there just can't be an empty nothingness. There can't, there can't be nothing. There has, has to be something. And I believe that I had a, had a, a soul or a spirit or whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, but I gave my heart to God at that age. Um, so you could say then from that point I didn't really live my life as if I had. Uh, and, uh, and so I forgot about it and I got on with being a kid and doing the things that young lads enjoy and I love my sport and, and, and all of that. So um, I've, I've drifted away completely. So I'm now going to jump several years um, and age 20 I went to Amsterdam. It's something that my mum had arranged and I, and I probably wanted to get out of the house so I, I decided to go and I, I went to live there for a year. And, um, and it was a Christian youth hostel which took a lot of refugees from all around the world. And, um, uh, and I had a really great time there, actually. Um, and, but, you know, we didn't pray or anything. It wasn't anything particularly Christian other than it was run by Christians. Uh, and so I came back and I joined the police. 
Uh, uh, I've been in Devon and Cornwall Police uh, now. I'm due to retire in May next year, so I'm in my 30th year. Uh, and, and, and all of that um, time, I've been away, away from God. I didn't think I needed God. I, I thought I could do everything on my own. I thought, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a tough bloke. I can take it. Don't, don't do crying, uh, you know, some, some, sometimes it was quite uh, violent. I've seen a lot of life and I've seen a lot of death. Uh, and strangely enough, always when I've looked on, 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 on a, a, as a dead person, I've realised that it is just a body. And I've, I've always felt that there, there, there's a spirit there. And you look at it and you think, well, yeah, that person isn't there. They're, they're somewhere else. They're gone. And so I've always uh, kind of known that in my heart. Um, so what brought me here today then, what's, what, what's changed? Um, my brother was diagnosed with prostate cancer um, three years ago. Uh, and so I thought, well, he's nine years older than me, so it's quite an age gap. And I thought, well, I better, I better go and get checked out with the doctor. And just to make sure, because you're a bit high risk when you're, when you're uh, related. And um, uh, so I saw the doctor, we had a chat, and he said, well, yeah, you'll probably be all right. Have you got any symptoms? Get up for a wee in the night, a little bit more, but yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're 50, so um, you might expect that. Uh, didn't do any examinations, he didn't do any blood tests or anything, uh, and that was it. So fast forward three years later, uh, sorry, I was 40, 47 then, fast forward three years later, and just before my 50th birthday, Michelle and I, my wife, um, went to Rome. Uh, and we had probably the best holiday we've ever had, I think. We really enjoyed it. And uh, by chance, or coincidence, or if you believe in God, it wasn't a coincidence, we happened to see the Pope uh, giving an address in, in Vatican Square. Uh, and we sort of walked, walked along and had a look, saw all the chairs out, and uh, we were just the other side of the barrier. And Michelle got a brilliant photograph of the Pope coming down on his Pope-mobile. Um, but but we, heard him, we heard him speak, and um, we both, Michelle said to me, and I said to her, well, yeah, did he feel something there? He, he felt, he was very sincere. And uh, uh, just something in, the, in, not so much in what he said, but in the way he spoke. He seemed to have a lot of love and compassion. Anyway, uh, that weekend, um, I started to experience some symptoms. So this is three years after going to the doctor. Uh, and um, went to the doctor, Michelle said, I'm gonna make your appointment when we get back. So I went to the doctor um, and he examined me, said, now I'm sure, sure it's all right, do, do a blood test. Uh, by which time I'd Googled uh, all, all the symptoms and things, it's not a good idea. Um, and I, the, the blood test came back 112 a PSA of 112, which, um, yeah, according to my calculations, I didn't, I did, I didn't have long. Um, so, excuse me. So, um, yeah, I, it was kind of a three-stage diagnosis, and you, everything in my life was fine until that point, and I thought I was happy, you know. Um, lovely, healthy family. Everything's going well. Uh, didn't didn't need God. Um, and and then it's like being uh, hit by a brick. 
and, and suddenly your world is altered completely and, you, and you, you're confronted with life and death, all these thoughts. I had this three-stage diagnosis where they, uh, at nine o'clock in the morning, they, they rang me and told me um, about the cancer and it had spread a little bit. And then, five, actually, I got down and did 30 press-ups and I took my daughter, Emily, for, for a cup of coffee at Costa and, um, uh, and said, look, it's going to be all right, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine, we'll get through it, uh, and it's going to be a good thing, and etc., etc. And then at five o'clock, uh, they rang up again, and the diagnosis got worse. Uh, and I couldn't believe that you could do that, but one, that they do it over the phone, and two, that they kind of got it wrong the first time. Uh, anyway, um, on the Sunday, Michelle had been in contact with the hospital, and, and it kind of got worse again. So I had, uh, basically the upshot of it was the, the end result, um, it had um, gone from my prostate into my bones and into my lymph in my pelvic area up to my thoracic spine and my ribs. Uh, and so I, I thought, that's it, I'm a, I'm a goner. Um, and so I started photographing the autumn leaves. Um, and I, and I, around about that time, I made a video on, on this iPad um, for my kids because I thought, well, that's, that's what we did, isn't it? Make, make a little video. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully it will, it will guide them. And, that, and I don't want them to see me when I'm too emaciated and, and all of that. Uh, and that's honestly what was going through my mind at the time. They said it was terminal, they used the word terminal, uh, and a horrible diagnosis and things like that. So, you know, uh, you go very much within, within yourself. Anyway, um, it was Armistice Day last year, 11th of November. My mum told me there was, a, there was a church service down the road and if I'd like to go to it. Uh, and I thought, oh, well, I'll go along, give anything a go. And, and it was a pretty awful service. Uh, and, and funnily enough, the, um, the, the guy who was preaching kept saying, he, he was like Brian Blessed. And he kept saying, he draws himself to us. And there was a little girl colouring on a pad behind us. Um, uh, and you could hear this squeaking pen. And every time we said the word draw, you could hear this. <laughs> um, and, it, and it was a bit comical, really. It was a bit comical. Um, it was very strange. And um, Michelle hated it. Um, but at the end, I went up for prayer. Uh, because, uh, you know, I knew, I knew if, well, if anyone was going to save me, it was God. Uh, I didn't feel too different after that, um, you know, carried on with life, but I suppose over the next two to three weeks, um, I felt in my heart uh, a joy and a peace and a love that could only have come from God. Um, because you don't associate those things with getting a cancer diagnosis and, and the way that I was feeling at the time. Um, but I know. Uh, I've spoken to many, many cancer patients that we've been sat around having chemo and stuff, and, and they all say it's harder for family. So I know it's been really tough for my, uh, my wife Michelle, my daughter Emily, my son Josh, and, and everyone that's close to me. It's a, it's a tough time. Uh, and they couldn't really understand, they thought I, I, was, I was becoming a bit weird. Uh, and, and, I, and I suppose that's fate, isn't it? It's a very personal thing. And until you experience something for yourself, you kind of don't believe in it. And, and having been a copper for 30 years, um, I like to investigate things, and I like to think about things quite long and hard. And um, 
uh, but that, that's what I felt in my heart. Uh, so, um, I started writing a blog, so if you want the longer version, how long have I been so far? You can, you can read all about it in a blog. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, that, that kind of was my thoughts, honest thoughts, uh, as I was going along uh, and, and what was happening to me. In, in all of this time, um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't want my wife to think that I'm giving all the credit to God because I have a lot of love and support from her and from my family. And as you can see, all my friends have turned up uh, and they might be thinking it's all a bit weird. <laughs> but, but I felt a lot of love from them too. And they're here because they've supported me and loved me. And so I thank them for that. And uh, when I was thinking about life and death, I thought, um, well, and what's, what's, what's the purpose of life? Um, and I had a walk with my brother on the beach, and I said to him, because he, he could understand what I was going through, and I said, well, it's all about love, isn't it, life? This life thing, it's, 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 it's love, that's, that's the answer. That's what we're here for, to love each other. Um, and that I didn't know how long I had to live. Um, but actually, uh, I felt around about that time uh, that God was going to heal me. And then all of a sudden, all the worry I had went away. All the, you know, I'd, I'd lost about two and a half stone in weight, but all the worry went from me. Uh, and no one else could understand why. But I knew God was going to heal me. Um, and just after I got diagnosed, um, I know there's a whole army of people praying for me, mum and second falls. The Christian Police Association were meeting about three days, I think, after my diagnosis, and our Deputy Chief Constable Paul Netherson heard about it, and he stopped the conference, and, uh, and all of them prayed for me as well, uh, which was an amazing thing. Uh, and I thought, God, there's just so, so much love coming my way, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to do about it. You know, it's, it's, I, I really felt that love, um, and so I, I felt so confident that I've been healed. I went to the next CPA conference, and I told them all, "Thank you very much for praying me, and your prayers work." Um, but Michelle still wasn't convinced, um, and was naturally very worried about what's going on, uh, and, and whether I was going to be around, and all those kind of things. And I'm, and I'm sure my children felt it too. Um, so, a week ago on Thursday, uh, Michelle and I sat down in front of the oncologist, and I've had all my chemotherapy, and um, uh, we sat there in the waiting room uh, to get the results of my CT and, and my bone scans. And uh, the oncologist bounced into the room, Dr. Michaels, uh, with a great big grin on his face. Uh, and uh, he, he said, well, so you know it's good news? And, uh, and he said, uh, well, the CT scan is clear. No sign of any cancer. Um, but no large lymph nodes, as there was before. Um, nothing there. Uh, and then he said, uh, the bone scan. He said, uh, 
is clear. There's some slight traces, slight, very slight shadow, only slight. Uh, he said, but that's not cancer, that's where the bone is healing, just as if you've broken a leg. Uh, and so I took great delight in when we came out, hand in hand, saying to Michelle, I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people say to me, okay, well, it's, you know, it's the chemotherapy that's healed you, it's your positive mental attitude, it's your character, it's because it's your, you were fit beforehand, and it's all of that. Um, but I know that, does, that kind of strength doesn't come from me. That's come from God, uh, and so I thank God for healing me. And I made a promise to God um, that um, if He healed me, as I thought He, he was going to, uh, then I would try and try and do what He said. Um, so last, lastly, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly finished now. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, lastly, I, I just wrote some notes down last night before we went to a wedding, and. Um, and I added uh, this last bit this, um, this morning to help me not to forget to, to say anything. Um, and, and I thought, well, uh, I don't have to show that video now. I've got a second chance at life. Uh, and I've got a second chance to be a better dad and a better husband and a better friend. Uh, and it is all about love. So um, now I don't have to show you that video. Uh, I'm gonna read that verse to you. Uh, I found an old Bible and it had a verse written on it. And it was this one. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then will she see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope and love. 
but the greatest of these is love. Thank you. This is a rescued man, isn't he? In so many ways. And we are just so deeply grateful to God that he has been with you in the way that he has through this journey and with your family and that he's brought you to this point. It could have gone so different. Could have, yeah. And yet God has shown up. He's shown off in your life in the most amazing way. And so thank you so much for sharing all of that. It's just been uh, a, a vital thing to hear all those elements. So thank you for sharing it all. Let's pray. Jesus. Lord, thank you. All of us here today just want to bring our thanks to you for the way that you've worked with Jim. For the way that you've met him. For the way that you've led him. For the way that you've, you've drip-fed your truth into his life. Lord, you've provided him with just what he needs at just the right time. Lord, you've surrounded him with just the right people at just the right time. Lord, you've taken a journey that could have been bitter and uh, just left him feeling absolutely lost and destitute and instead you've met him and you've brought him close and you've carried him and his family through this time and then you have healed him. Jesus, we need to hear more stories of cancer leaving and not arriving. Lord Jesus. And we recognise that Jim has had a touch from you which has overcome the odds. And you have given him years to live that he wouldn't have had otherwise. And so from the bottom of our hearts we say thank you. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the hope. Thank you for the faith. Thank you for his passion. Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just want to agree with him that it really is all about love. And I just pray that in the years ahead, Lord, that list from 1 Corinthians 13 that he read out of what love is, that kind of radical love, that, that love that transforms the world, that love that is unmistakably divine. Lord, I pray that that would grow in his life with great power. Lord, may his family be the first beneficiaries. But Lord, I pray that the community around him sense you and be brought near to you because of the love that they see is expressed in his life. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let's give him another round of applause.